This is the Open to Alchemy podcast, and I'm your host, Lauren Ivey. I'm so excited to have you here joining these conscious conversations about the transformation that's possible for all of us. My approach to spirituality has always been part woo and part work. So in this podcast, we talk about all the incredible spiritual modalities and add in a bunch of practical things that really make it fit into our lives. I can't wait for you to join me. Hey everyone, welcome to the Open to Alchemy podcast. I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation, this interview with Kat Kazeel. She is the founder of Urban Lark and is a feng shui practitioner, a human design reader, and an interior stylist. And she has this really amazing way of combining everything and really looking at energy from a holistic perspective. We talk about human design a lot in this conversation. So we talk about profiles and really just why we love human design as a modality. And also we talk about legacy and impact. And we definitely do a deep dive on feng shui. And Kat gives me a little reading at the end, which is so cool talking about my office space and then also my Elemental, which um, I'm not going to tell you now. You're going to have to listen to find out what it is, but it is so cool. And I just love how easy it was to talk to Kat. She's so down to earth, has so much incredible knowledge in so many different areas. And I know you are just going to love this and get so much good, juicy information out of our conversation. So I can't wait for you to listen. I find that if I just hit record and then we just continue to warm up and talk, it's like the energy is already flowing. No, I I hear you on that. And when I talked to Allie, she said, oh, you're just going to love talking to Lauren because it just flows. Don't worry if you haven't really talked to her much. It just, she's just so good at drawing things out naturally in people. And for some reason, there's something in your aura because as soon as I signed on, and the link came, all of a sudden I saw, I felt this sense of peace. Like, oh, you're so easy to talk to. I don't know you, but you're so easy to be with and talk to. It's just like you project something that's very natural. Thank you so much. That is so sweet. So kind of you to say, so generous of you to say, I have heard that from many people. And I'm like, okay, other people feel this. How do I, my marketing mind's like, how do I package that? How do I turn that into something? <laughs> because Just it's being true. yourself. Yes. And that's really what, you know, and again, as we're both human design people, that's really, you know, the lesson is like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just being, and that's where all of our magic lies. But of course, because we are all entrepreneurs or we we want to figure out the path or how do I replicate that or how do I turn that into something versus just me being like that's amazing thank you I'm just going to continue to be me and however that presents itself (laughs) exactly and I love that I love the fact that you just naturally draw this out in people and just continue doing being in that flow is to me the gift that you're meant to give. So are you a two in your profile? Just I am. I am a two four, which 
Yeah. So for people listening to four, there's 12 different profiles. There's numbers one through six and not to get into the weeds. Cause I know some people that are listening are like love human design. Some people have never heard of it, Correct. but it's really, I, and I'm curious how you describe it. Also, I describe it in sessions as your personality, your, the costume that you wear, the role that you play, sort of the way that you see and engage with the world is the way that I was taught. And as a two, four, that means that I am the hermit opportunist. You got to love the names, right? People are I love like, what, what's a martyr? What's a role model? So I definitely feel that push and pull of wanting to sort of be absorbed in my own space, like put my head down and work and just focus on something as, as the two hermit and also pay attention to what other people are calling out in me. Like you just did, because that's that natural, easy, breezy, you know, good at this, good at that, but not really able to put your finger on it or explain it to somebody else. It just is just naturally shows up. Yes. And I yes. think of profiles as being things that energetically show up in us that we may not even, we don't try. It just naturally happens. Right. So right. it's just sort of the way that we're wired to, or we're designed, I should say, to be. Yeah. Yeah. And then the four in that is the opportunist, which is a little bit of a conflict, I think, with the two, because the four is all about networking and the health of you, your life, the health of your business, the health of everything has to do with your community and how you network with people. And I love being with other people and being in community with people, but it is definitely not my strongest suit naturally. I'm not a person that wants to spend all day, every day networking. Right. Yeah. And I, I agree too that I think that there's there's definitely a dichotomy between what we experience in the human design world and what we experience out. But how it has helped me is that I always have this underlying sense of awareness of other people now. And it's taught me to have deeper compassion for others, even if mm -hmm. they're not bought in or if they're not part of the human design world or may not even know about it, it's always an underlying awareness that helps me kind of understand what makes somebody be the way they are. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it brings out that compassion. So yeah, maybe I can't talk to them about it. Maybe somebody is turned off about it, or maybe it's not in their realm of, you know, thinking, but at least I know I can use it for human understanding. So. Definitely. Oh, I, I totally agree. I think it is of the most incredible modalities for specifically, you know, self-compassion, compassion for others, understanding the way people work and not taking something personally and just being able to see someone for who they're designed to be that doesn't mean that it's going to be an energetic fit for me it doesn't mean that every person that we come in contact with we're gonna <clears throat> completely jive or line up or feel amazing with and that's okay too to have that awareness that okay this person is who they are it doesn't mean that I want to spend time with them or it doesn't mean that I would do things the way they're doing things it's just 
really honoring the differences that we have and honoring that we all can can flow alongside each other I think rather than that trying to change them or you're trying to change to be like somebody else and so it's really just letting letting people be who they are but Mm -hmm. I wonder how you navigate being in this world and then when you're with other people who aren't do you find yourself changing the language and the vocabulary that you use do you find yourself like not shrinking but almost like you know really altering how you approach communication with them to not put somebody off or to not overwhelm someone or do you just say this is who I am this is what I'm interested in and I'm not I'm not changing that's such a great question I think for me a lot of this has been about being unapologetic and really accepting the having compassion for myself and, and, and really learning to love the energy that I bring to the world and starting. And and as you say that I'm starting to really feel unapologetic for who I am, you know, this is the way I am. This is the way I'm designed to be. So if I'm going to use that vocabulary out there, if I'm going to talk about it, you may buy into it, you may not, but this is who I am. And this is what I want to present to the world especially what I do, because in my job, I, I, I do interior design and feng shui, like I've mixed interior design with feng shui and kind of sprinkling some human design in there. And a lot of this is a very new approach. So not only am I sort of paving a way, trying to pave a way that's new in interior design, but also trying to pave a way of how we look at ourselves and our environment and everything else. So it's just, you know, I guess I have to be unapologetic. I have to just show up as who I am because that's the only way we're going to change or pioneer or enlighten or feel enlightened, feel, you know, that spark of energy in ourselves. Because if I don't, I won't, I, I, I'm not, I'm just going to wilt, <laughs> wilt like a flower. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so inspiring to hear and it's a place that I am working towards and it is a place that I aspire to be and I think it does take that awareness and that self-love to to know and to trust that just because other people don't see it like you see it doesn't mean that you're wrong it doesn't mean that you're bad you know I think a lot of us were raised with the idea that that different was not good. (laughs) And so part of the work for me, and I think a lot of other people is to step into and own exactly what you're saying, that me being me might look completely different from how I used to be, giving myself the grace and the ability to change and evolve and transform. And it also might look different than anybody else's experienced. And that's okay too. We're not going to be for everybody. So we might as well be for ourselves for God's sake. What are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. We have to be for ourselves. That's a great mantra. <laughs> yeah, but it's but it's hard. I mean, in real life, like some of us have are blessed with the ability to communicate and have people that, you know, even if it's people we don't know intimately, I mean, how lucky are we to be able to hop on 
Apple or Spotify or go onto Audible. You can listen to people and hear experiences and wisdom and things that like you've had no awareness of. And it is all readily available. So much of it for free to be able to expand. You know, I understand why people aren't taking those leaps, but when you break it down, the only real block I think is in our own mindset for not mm -hmm. making a change that we want to do. And not saying that, that that's not a hard thing to do, but I mean, the information is available. The new way of thinking and being and living, that's, that's available if you want it. 100%. And I think it's, it's definitely a journey through life. You know, we go through a lot of different transformations and, you know, I can't say who I am today is who I was 10 years ago or the 10 years ago before that. It's just, that's what life is. It's a journey and it's just learning to, I think, grow into ourselves and accept ourselves and love ourselves and really be proud of, of, you know, the things kind of the things that we've done and, and, and what we've sort of accomplished in life and taking those accomplishments and learning how to grow from them too. And like, how do we move that forward or push that forward? I have a, a human design gate of 33 that shows up constantly. So I'm always retreating, reflecting, you know, the, 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 the gate of 33, which people may or may not know is always about like retreat and privacy and yeah. really thinking about past experiences. And I think that's kind of how I've lived my life is just, you know, going through these like bursts of energy of doing something, then retreating and reflecting what worked, what didn't work, <laughs> then going out in another burst, what worked, didn't work. So it's kind of like a cycle, but yeah, I find myself you know, transforming in, in many different ways and just hopefully just on that journey, just growing and getting better as a human from that. I mean, it's all about trying to reach as much as I can, trying to reach that potential, all of my potentials as much as I can. Yeah. And oh, I feel that. I feel <laughs> that. And and, you know, as a manifesting generator, the frustration that we can feel when that is not happening is, <clears throat> is can be substantial when you mm -hmm. can feel, I just had a client session earlier and she was expressing a similar sentiment of feeling that potential, knowing that you have all of this capacity, all this passion, all this purpose and then feeling sort of constrained by practical matters, by these tangible 3D realistic in quotes things, and also by a limited mindset and also by not having things feel like flow and feel like alignment. And so mm -hmm. it's such an interesting way to experience life is to be you know, it's like the whole ignorance is bliss. It would probably be much easier just to cruise along and be like, whatever it is, but to feel that passion inside of you and not have it being reaching that potential that you're talking about can be mm -hmm. a lot to navigate. Yeah, it is. I think all of us strive to what is our purpose? You know, mm -hmm. what are we meant to do? I think so many of us 
have that, you know, that energy that we're always trying to like perfect or think about like, what is it that I was meant to do? What is my purpose? How do I want to leave this world? What is my legacy? You know, and that kind of like shows up a lot. But I think, you know, I've had to, in my own life, I've had to really kind of take a back seat on what that means. Because I used to think legacy means I have to be all out there in the world. You know, like I have to put a mark on this world that everybody is going to see, but really, is that what legacy is? You know, to me, it's making a difference even in one person's life. So, you know, I've kind of taken a back seat on how, you know, that shows up and my purpose shows up and how I want to, you know, be in this world and leave that mark in this world. Yeah, that's, that's huge. I mean, that's really what I'm hearing is surrendering into that, which is greater than you, not, not being attached to, it's supposed to look this way. It's supposed to be this thing. It's supposed to have this number of people see it or this level of impact and just really saying what, whatever it is, just let it be like, (laughs) exactly. Let it, letting it be. I know. And I think in this age of social media with (laughs) influencers and how many followers do we have? And, you know, I'm just not going to make it unless I have this amount of followers or this amount of people believing in my idea or buying into my influence. I just think that's such a, to me, that's, that's where we need to heal our world. Yeah, it's such a trap. It's such an easy trap. We all can can fall into that. 100%. 100%. It's so easy to say, how many likes did I get or <laughs> right. what how am I showing up or how many views, you know, on this reel, but is that really the legacy or is that really what we want to show up as? Yeah. You know. I think that's so important because I think, again, like exactly what you're saying in that comparison culture that we all, I shouldn't say all, some people are super enlightened and they've just like not even paid attention to that. I am not there yet. I am working on it. (laughs) But I think it's so interesting what you're saying that, you know, first of all, and looking at it through the lens of human design, that we all are different. We all have a different way. We all have different gifts. We all have a different purpose. And it just might be that right now, the people that are getting attention are the people that are meant to talk to a million people and go, you know, potentially very, very narrow with them or very, very Mm -hmm. shallow with them. Maybe it's, you know, a minute of inspiration or a minute of something fun or something silly. And that is amazing and so valuable. But maybe others of us are meant to go super deep with a much smaller group of people And that doesn't mean our work isn't equally as valuable, that our legacy, like you're talking about, isn't just as important. Somebody once said to me that there are people that are meant to be so meaningful that they are only supposed to have one student. Mm. And imagine the impact that you would have if you had one person that was to receive what you were giving, how much of an impact that would have on that one person. But we're all about the quantity over quality today. And so we value, well, if it's not helping a million people, then is it a value? Well, 
you can't help a million people to the same depth that you would help one person. So. Right. Right. Kind of reminds me of going back into like the history of almost like biblical history of, of like the monks and Mm. people who retreated into caves and into monasteries and they had no contact with the world, but their world was all about prayer or just surrender. Right. And is there doing less valuable because it's not impacting other people? No. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, it's interesting how, you know, that impact can be one spark of something in one human can really ignite many different things. So, yeah. And that's what I love about human design is that our energies can show up in so many different ways. We're not all meant to be the social media people. We're not all meant to be hermits. We're all not meant to, you know, we're not meant to be all these different things that, you know, have the expectations of society on us. So it's just, that's where I think the healing comes in is really understanding who we are and how we're meant to show up, how we're meant to be. I think that's just a very like important healing message in human design is that bringing that self-awareness to who we are and how we want to be. Right. And there is no good or, or bad. There is no right or wrong. It's just, this is who we were designed and how do we live closer and closer in ease with that? How does that feel? How do we feel more like us in the fullest sense of, of what that means? I'd love to hear how you're able to do that. Tell me your design. And for people listening that are learning more about human design, that they can find similarities or synchronicities with you. Sure. So I am a projector. I am a 6'2 profile, which means I'm a role model hermit. It's interesting because the the role model, for those that don't know, is all about really living in, your energy shows up in three phases of life. Mm-hmm. The first 30 years are more trial and error and experimental, thinking about what works and what doesn't work. And then the next 20 years or up until the age of 50, you are sort of, they, they call it in human design coming off the roof, meaning mm-hmm. that you are putting those experiences to work and that you're taking those experiences and living them in real time. <clears throat> and then 50 on is when you become that role model. That is where you are mentoring, guiding. That is your true you know, path to what you're meant to do, taking the experiences from the past of what you've done and guiding people along into the future. So for me, that's, that's been an interesting way of how, you know, looking at, at my sixth line and thinking about, you know, my first 30 years and how that was like a lot of figuring out who I was. And then my thirties to fifties being in one career, but Mm. actually after my fifties being in a completely different career, but using that to, I see how the guiding and the mentoring is showing up as I'm getting older. 
So it's that's it's awesome. Kind of, I love yeah, that. It's been super cool. As far as like the line two being the hermit, and I've seen that even though that's an unconscious lie, that's an yeah. unconscious profile. I do. I see that more in me than actually the role model part because oh, I'm very much somebody who really loves to retreat, loves mm-hmm. to really think and reflect and then come out. And so projectors tend to see things that are a larger picture. They can see in of what may not be visible to others. Mm-hmm. I have seen w- one thing that I think in the way that it shows up for me is that I have two children that are young adults and I've, I have a lot of young adult people many of who are their friends who come to me for advice and who come to me for like, what do you think of this? Or should I be moving? Or what do you think of this career? Or should I go back to school? And I'm seeing like this sort of like role model. Yeah. Well, they're recognizing you and they're asking you, which is all very projector aligned. I love that. What is your authority? So I am an emotional. I'm an Ah, emotional. Okay. Yeah. I have four definitions. Mm-hmm. My definitions come from my, my crown or my head, my Ajna, my heart is my ego mm-hmm. is defined and my solar plexus. Everything else is open. And with that, I have a completely open G center with no activated gates. Interesting. Which wow. means that I have struggled my whole life trying to figure out who I am. Yeah. Well, and it's so interesting. I was actually going to say that I was wondering if you were defined there because what you said that everybody else is asking you for is, is to help with their direction, what they should be doing, how they should be moving forward. And so that's so interesting that you're attracting that even in your openness. I attract that in my openness, 100%. And I think it's because I'm, I've, become such a chameleon, you know, yeah, absolutely. I've had so many different life experiences. I've had a lot of different careers and a lot of different living situations. I've, I move constantly. So I'm always like trying to find what's the right environment. What's the right home? Yeah. Right, you know, <laughs> who are the right people? What do I want to do? So even now as a projector who has come off the roof and is that role model, I, I still find myself, you know, in a very open space of being that chameleon and shape-shifting and thinking, oh, I could live here. I could have that career. I could do this. So I'm still multi-experiencing. <laughs> I love that. And is that what led you to the design work and feng shui? So interestingly enough, I think the design work has been a cycle of something that I have always had in my blood from growing up. My parents were huge art collectors. My parents were really very attentive to their own home design. So I grew up in the 1960s with all of this cool Back then, we didn't call it mid-century modern. It just was modern. (laughs) It just was, yeah. (laughs) It was modern in the mid-century. But my parents were avid collectors of important design, and, and they built their house around that. So I grew up around 
going to the merchandise mart on weekends to look at, you know, things with their designer. And so it was a culture that I was just very used to going to a lot of art shows, collecting, you know, different kinds of art, learning about art. My parents were really big into like taking us to museums and art museums. So it's just something art and design, I just think was something naturally integrated into my life. And I just took an interest in it as a creative kid. I just took an interest in the possibilities of, and I think having that open G center of, you know, how do I explore design in, you know, my own world. And so even when I was a child, I was taking my mother as, you know, to antique stores in middle school. I remember telling my mom, I have to have an S curved roll top desk. Oh my gosh. And we have to go and explore. And my mother would drive all over the Midwest looking for the correct piece of, of antique in my, you know, my bedroom. So it was always like something I experimented and designed with growing up. And then I went to school in New Orleans. I went to college in New Orleans. And that was a really huge, beautiful place for design because there's just so much antiquity there. When all of my college friends were out at bars, I was at the midnight auctions studying you know, furniture and studying the way furniture was designed and different styles of furniture. So it's always been an innate passion of mine. Mm, yeah. And then when it came time to designing my own house, I really started to get into something called feng shui. Yeah. Tell everybody that's wow. not, that's listening, that's not familiar with that. So feng shui is, gosh, a 5,000 year old philosophy. Mm-hmm. And it, it comes from China and it is a, well, feng means wind shui is water. So it's the combination of wind water, which are the two forces of energy in life, in our environment that, that change that constantly change. And so in, in energy, another word for it is chi. So Mm -hmm. we look at the energy, we look at the chi and we look at the flow and the direction of, of that chi. So I'm trained in classical feng shui, particularly in something called flying stars, but I also have something called BTB background, which is more of the westernized philosophy of feng shui. So there's two schools of feng shui, the Eastern and the Western principles. The Eastern is a little bit more about direction and the alternative ways that energy changes and shifts. So energy can shift in the Eastern principle, energy can shift every hour. We could be moving things every hour and elements every hour <laughs> in, wow. in, in classical feng shui. But mostly we look at yearly and monthly energy lines. Whereas in the westernized feng shui, it's more about the intuitive feeling that we get from the energy and kind of looking at the different principles from an intuitive inner knowing sense. So I really like combining the two. I think both have very different ideas, but very strong ideas. And I like just looking at both to really think about how energy really affects us in our own life and the way that our environment affects our world and environment affects us, especially in this pandemic, 
you know, coming out of this pandemic and all the changes that have been made, the way we have our home office, the way we design maybe, you know, living space that's comfortable for guests to come over. Just having that flow and that energy is so important to how we live our daily lives. So not only do I look at like the design of the room, but also the way, you know, the energy plays into it. So we look at the five elements of feng shui. We look at metal, earth, fire, water, and wood. And so we look at the five elements and we're balancing those elements as we go, you know, as we're looking at the energy and the directional placements of, of things. So, so is that both on a practical, physical standpoint, like you would want to have all of those elements represented in a room or do some spaces already have some of that energy there. So you want things to balance it? That's a great question. So depending upon the direction, each direction of the house has a certain element that it carries. Uh, So depending upon the way the energy is that it's really looking at the invisible. So it's really looking at the invisible energy of the room. We might have to add certain elements to certain places in the house in order to balance the five elements to create the harmony and to create the peace and the abundance and the joy. So for instance, right now in 2022, we're looking at mostly like the center of the house as being the, the area that needs is probably the considered the most in what they say inauspicious in feng shui. So um, looking at ways to balance the center of the house using heavy metal, using, wind chimes that are like six rods of, of metal chimes, but something that can balance that center to create for that inauspicious energy to be, you know, sort of depleted is, is the way we're looking at, you know, the different parts. So it's sort of like changing invisible energy into luck and joy and, and prosperity. Oh my gosh. It is so fascinating. No, it sounds complicated, but also just sounds like in many ways you're making the intangible tangible by, you know, making shifts in the physical that are going to improve the energy of a space. And it's reminding me how, and I'm curious if this is part of it, that when you visit a space that you can't really quite put your finger on, but that feels better to you, that feels more peaceful, happier, more, you know, better luck, more abundance, more flow, that then we pull that in and are trying to recreate that energy in, in our homes, in our daily life, which can obviously sometimes be you know, there's constraints to if your house is already built and it's already <laughs> facing a certain way sure, or sure. has certain windows or other elements. But I can feel sometimes when I travel or when I visit a space and it's just like, you can't even quite put your finger on about what feels good about that space, but you know that it feels better than maybe what you're experiencing every day. Correct. Yeah. There's a lot with entering a room and just knowing like, mm-hmm what makes this room feel so much better? There's just some sort of energy that's, that it creates that I always say, 
you know, the, some of the things that are easy changes depending upon. So we can't always change the direction of our home or like you said, or where, you know, windows or doors are placed, but there are definitely adjustments that can be made. So like whether we change like colors of walls or colors of room, we remove clutter, we organize, we, you know, keep doors and windows open. There's certain things that we can do on a daily basis or even on a permanent basis to change that energy. So, you know, color, the use of color, the use of shape is very important mm. in feng shui. So looking at rooms and thinking about what elements, you know, serve that room and serve the purpose of that room or simple adjustments of, you know, how do we get, how do we maintain that, that cheer, that energy in springtime, we want to open the windows. We want to, you know, open and close our front door. We want to make sure we have a clean, abundant front door. That's very well-maintained. We want to make sure that our, our house is well-maintained. So anything that we may not be able to see. So when you come into a space, you may not notice that there's squeaky cabinets or squeaky doors or that there's like a missing piece of wood on the hardwood floor. But, you know, that does intuitively, people can still feel it, mm -hmm. you know? So it's the people, you know, it's, it's when we really pay attention to our environment and we pay attention to the things that need, need to be maintained and need to be fixed, you know, that does, that can change. You can intuitively know, oh, this this space feels really good because I know that drawers open and close easily or. That, right. Well, and know. it matches the energetics of you want things to work easy. You want things to, you want yeah. to be well-maintained. You want the money flowing in the love flowing in. And, you know, I love that we are recording this in spring and I am definitely feeling that spring cleaning buzz of, and I don't know how other people, you know, experience things, but I definitely, it's just like, I look around and I'm like, okay, I just want to get rid of, I just want to clean up. I just want to refresh. I just want to, to physically move energy. Cause I can feel it stagnating. And again, everybody has a different sensitivity. So I know that I can walk into a space and it can feel really, uncomfortable and really icky and sticky and thick and sort of that's the way that I would describe it particularly if there's a lot of things particularly if there's a lot of old things <laughs> yeah. it's sort of like okay I cannot be in this space for very long yes definitely and I think one thing is you know organization and and clutter is so important that's a, that's a very large principle of Western philosophy mm. of, of feng shui. It's interesting. Feng shui master, she recently said this, and I love what she said, that feng shui is energy, but not all energy is feng shui. Mm. So when we look at clutter, that's energy. Yeah. It may not be in, in Eastern principle, it may not be exactly feng shui. There's no rule in the Eastern philosophy of feng shui that says clear your clutter. Right. I'm much more of a Marie Kondo. Yes. <laughs> Spark <laughs> joy. Yes. <laughs> yes. And people kind of interpret feng shui, especially in American culture as being, you know, all about clearing clutter. 
And it's true. It does lend itself to energy. It is an energy principle. It's not a feng shui principle, but it's an energy principle. And I do think it does play to our mental health and our feeling of success and joy and abundance. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I was listening to somebody the other day and they said something like, if you want to, again, their, their perspective, if you want to increase the flow of money, clean out your refrigerator, clean out your closets. Like there was a few decluttering things that they were tapping into that they felt, you know, had improved their financial flow. Yes, definitely. Like that organization, that knowing where to put your bills, where to having an organizational system, how to categorize and sort and put your bills in a certain place and know, and even on your calendar, even on a virtual calendar, knowing when to pay those bills or having bill online setups. Those are all, mm. I think those are all very important things that, you know, help us not be avoidant. And one little thing that I like to do too, for abundance and joy is just having my alchemy jars and having a vessel where I put my things that I want to hold in my heart and in my mm-hmm. space that are important to me. So for instance, if it's to take a trip, you know, I want to, in 2022, go to Paris and I know I want to have my money for that, you know, holding that space and putting that, you know, little intention on a post-it note in a vessel to me is important because it's always going to be there. So it's going to energetically be in the space that like I I set up a sacred altar, but it's going to be in our in our space that we're always going to have that intention available to us to, you know, to be able to manifest. And I don't mean manifest that it's just going to be made possible in the world, but it's in our awareness and it's in our, it's in our way of creating that abundance for us that I know that this is in my vessel. I know that this is something that is going to be part of my world if I make it part of my world. So Yeah. It's active manifestation. A hundred percent. I love that. I love having an altar. It's the same principle of the vision board. It's the same of, you know, having your, your statements that you write down 25 times each morning. It's, it's not, it's not the doing specifically of that act that makes it happen, but it's the same idea that people that sing and talk to their plants, their plants are healthier. It's because you're paying attention to it and you're thinking about it that exactly. is able to match. And I do think, because I, I believe in that, that the universe is, is matching your vibration and you are calling in things that that are aligned with the vibration that you are putting out. So I love the idea of focusing that and creating a home that supports your vision and supports your, your goals and your feelings. I think I feel blessed that we have a home that is warm and safe and comfortable And I also know that there are many things that we could do to even more love the way that we live and live the way that we love. And so I'm grateful that you're sharing more about this. And for people that are listening and are feeling like, I just don't know what it is, but I don't feel right in my space. 
can they do virtual things with you? Are there like general principles that you send out? Are there personalized things that you do when looking at someone's space? How do you actually work with somebody? So I do work one-on-one, -on -one, but I've also done some virtual consultations where I will do a video consultation like a Zoom or a Google Hangout, and they walk me around the space with their, with their computer or their camera, and I can just notice things, you know, and I ask them questions. I mean, there's definitely specific questions. How do you feel in this space? I noticed that there was a, a woman that I did a consultation with recently where the, her bedroom walls were red. And how does that make you feel? Are you having a lot of fights, you know, with your <laughs> very high passion? <laughs> it's like, yes, but it's not like fire, that much fire is not necessarily the most yeah. appropriate thing to have, you know, in a bedroom. So it's little tweaks like that, that you can notice energetically, you know, oh, I know that we need to change the color of the wall or another client she had. Her, her husband is in a technology career and he had wires everywhere. It's like, how are you sleeping? Oh, we don't sleep. <laughs> and so it's like the EMFs. So looking at, you know, electromagnetic fields and well, we need to think of creative ways, you know, to store these wires. We need to think of creative ways to kind of like hide them and make them more invisible so that, you know, you do get more of that peace and that restoration that you need. So it's just, you know, anything that's like on Zoom or Google Hangout in person is an easy way to visually see, you know, what is going on, you know, within their environment and then asking a series of questions that, you know, can kind of like stimulate or spark. Well, what is it that you're looking for? What's missing? What are your goals? and kind of creating an action plan behind that. Hmm, I love that. See, that's, I mean, that's where technology to me is at. It's like finest that you can do anything and work with people all over the place. I'm curious how human design plays into that. Cause you had mentioned that you are incorporating a little bit of human design in the way that you work with people. And so I'm, I'd love to hear more about that. Oh, it's such a great question. There is a part of human design that plays into the energy of the environment. And so there are different environments that we are more conducive to. So for those that don't know human design, there's things like, and, and these are just names. It doesn't mean that that's the kind of environment you actually have to go live in. So there's, for example, there's a mountain. So you might be a mountain environment, you might be a caves, you might be kitchens, you might be shores, valleys. There's all different, you know, all of these different environments, just because you're a mountain doesn't mean you have to go live on top of a mountain. But what it does, it makes me aware that this person could live in a high rise if they wanted to, or perhaps their home office, let's say they're in on a two story house, maybe their home office needs to be on the top floor. So it's like, positioning and thinking about what is their environment and what is it that they need in order to feel comfortable and to live out their human design environment. So I sort of like to combine some of the things that I know from somebody's human design to how it ties into the, their interior design and how it ties into feng shui to kind of create like the best sort of like fusion 
of, you know, an environment that feels 100%, I would say healthy and whole for them. Oh my God. That is so cool. And also if there's people that are living together that have different environments that they can all find a space that feels that way to them. Correct. Yes. So just because like there's, there's caves doesn't mean that we want to go live in a cave, but (laughs) like they're their environment might be more conducive to being in a smaller room where there's access to one door and that their desk needs to be positioned in a certain way, which is also very conducive to feng shui and feng shui floor plans. So it's just looking at the environments that gives me a little bit more information and a tip off of exactly how they're going to function best inside their own environment. What's going to bring them peace and what's going to bring them joy and feeling that kind of like uh, relaxed feeling that they yeah. get, when they're, you know, maybe in a high stress job at home. Right. Oh my gosh. I love that. You are um, Shores. Shores. Okay. So tell me what that means. So I love the beach. <laughs> you, love you, that you come from Miami, your shores. Yeah. So shores are people that want to see things coming around them and at them. Mm-hmm. So you would probably do best looking out a window. Okay. I'm going to show you my office view. Okay. So you need to see. Oh, that's yeah. Just... Office. That's <laughs> that a... literally, I'm like, <laughs> I can see the craftsman. Yeah. <laughs> right inside of you. And I love your colors, by the way, you have, um, some good wood energy. Oh, good. Little, little feng shui thing with you. Yeah. <laughs> so, I need help. I need to bring the abundance, bring it. <laughs> but yeah. So you love, you need that energy of like, you know, being able to see out and coming in. So knowing who's coming in, mm. right. At, you know, at eye level, like, almost like you want to see the horizon yeah, out, way out in the horizon. I don't know if you love to look at sunsets. Sunrise and sunset sunsets. is my, yeah. Love, love, yes. love the beach, the shore, the waves. Yeah. It's just that like expanse. Yeah. Yes. And I also love, and it's interesting because, but I also love a forest and just like, but there's something I, I'll have to show you of how many photos I have where it's just like this, this viewpoint, this vantage point of the distance. And then like also having things near and coming at me. That's incredible. Oh, I love that. I think that, you know, with shores, it's mostly like, you know, the fact that you've got your windows completely surrounding you gives you that feeling of comfort gives you that feeling of like, I can, I can work here and feel like just good in my environment. So you naturally are drawn yeah. you know, to, to something like that. So now imagine yourself in an office where you had no windows. How would you? Oh my gosh. It? Oh yeah. It would be so claustrophobic. It would be, yeah. Yeah. I would have to like paint something on the wall. I would have to have photos of, of the vision that I need. Yeah. So behind you, is that a window? No, it's a TV. So I have a curtain that covers it. Yeah. Oh, that's so creative. I love that. So I love your position then. So in feng shui, we want the position of the mountain in the back. So when we think about feng shui, we think about water represents money, 
Mm. And mountain represents support. So your energy with the windows and you're on a street mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is your money. So okay. street, streets and anything that's moving in active energy is considered water energy. So you already have that water energy coming in from in front of you and behind you, you have the support of the wall. Right. So, yeah. Oh my God. I love that. Yeah. And I have played with this room because this used to be like the kid's playroom and then my kids are older, so they don't play. And so I took it over, you know, with COVID, I made this into my office and it's a little bit like you know, should I be more in the center? I kind of like to be tucked in this corner and I've played with it because I don't need things to be symmetrical. I actually like things a little bit asymmetrical, but balanced. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like the day bed is a little bit over there and my desk is sort so it does sort of like balance it. And then I have a door there and a closet there. So even though it's all not lined up, it still feels really. And then the, the front door of the house is right there. It's like, the wall blocks it a little bit, but if I just go like that, like I can but you're still in a command see it. position. Yeah. So oh yeah. Where your entry is. So that's another big principle yeah. of feng shui is you want to be able to sit where the door is not facing you directly, but is within your peripheral vision. Wait. Oh my God. That's amazing. So what am I missing with the abundance? <laughs> well, what I do mean, I need to add? <laughs> so I'm also looking at your your birth date yeah and something in feng shui we also look at is a personal trigram okay so Ooh. The element that you represent and you carry wood energy inside of you you are a wood element and you are a hardwood element so i think it's interesting i'm softwood i'm i'm a four i'm more like the flow and you're more like strong support. And that's based on my birth, like the 1123. That's based on your, no, your year and the, Oh, your year. Okay. Your, your yin energy. You were born as a female. So okay. we look at the, at the female plus the birth date to, to see the energy. Okay. Inside. So you are a three wood energy. Okay. I've never heard this before. I'm tingly everywhere. A three wood energy. Okay. So that's hardwood. So basically what that means is that you carry the wood energy inside of you. You're very strong. You're probably like a leader in, or have been a leader. Yeah. Yeah. I could step um, into that more. I, I yeah. Inside of you. That is a very strong presence in a hardwood. Mm -hmm. So there's somebody who offers support yeah other people you're sort of like the tree that doesn't bend you can be there as a solid whole person you naturally might be drawn to wood colors such as like the greens the soft blues mm -hmm. people sometimes think all blue is water energy and that's not true the soft blues like what i see behind you those teals are very wood energy yeah. They're kind of like what we see in a forest especially like on a kind of like a, a day that's sort of misty, you might kind right. of, you know, when you squint your eyes and you see all these different really cool colors. Yeah. Yeah. You know, those kinds of colors. So yeah. So water energies, you might, you know, want to wear 
blacks, you might want to wear deep navies, greens, water energy feeds the wood. So those are good colors for you to wear as well. Wow. I am literally about to embark. I've just, I've, I've got it. We've had like a shit storm of things happening personally, but one of the things I want to do is a capsule wardrobe. And I was like, what color should I pick? Okay. Now I know this. Is, thank you universe. You lined me up just perfectly. And I have to tell you about the wood and what you just said that I have been like, that is one of my qualities without question, the support. And that's why I'm drawn to this work. That's why Reiki and energy healing and the empowerment and seeing who other people are in the best way and like letting them see themselves that way is so part of what I feel like I'm here to do. And I'm also a plant empath. Like that's one of my gifts is nature and plant healing. And I haven't even begun to tap into that because, you know, issues. But what I mean by that is like, you know, the doubt, the limiting beliefs, all the, all the things that we work through. But I absolutely love that. So thank you for sharing that with me. That's incredible. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I, I see it in you as like being that strong manifesting generator. Didn't surprise me that you have that wood energy in you. Yeah. It's just so magical to hear who you are and feel supported and to feel that it's all a blessing. It's just this, this blessing of wisdom and knowledge and information. I think so many of us, I'm going to get emotional. I think so many of us are walking around feeling like we are broken, like we are wrong, like we are missing something. And I am... Words cannot express how grateful I am that I can just continue to like plow forward because new people like you come into my life and share little bits of information and little bits of like you, you know, there's nothing wrong with us. We might not be seeing it fully. We might not be able to truly completely grasp all that we have, but we don't need anything else. Like we are whole, we are everything. And it's like just this journey of remembering this journey of coming back to ourselves, of honoring ourselves or loving ourselves. Like you said, like being unapologetic about who you are is, is our work. And we think it's not, we think it's out there. This, the, the answer is someplace else. The solution is right. something I've got to like struggle through the mud to find. And it's like, it is right here. We just have to be open to it and allow it to be there to love it yes i know right <laughs> right right i'm like why do we always make this so dang hard hard and complicated <laughs> right it's right i know we have to unpeel all the layers of like societal norms and yes what our family expects what our friends think we should be and now my mind is going crazy with like a million ideas for how, for how you work and i'm not sure what you do, but that's what lights me up is the marketing and the, all those other pieces. And I'm like, okay, you can help people with wardrobe because you can tell them what colors they need to wear and like how to build their office and how to work. And this is amazing. Thank you. I loved our conversation. Well, thank you. I mean, this is like a fun, you're so easy to talk to. And this is really fun to kind of explore even deeper realms of human design. And when you kind of try to I guess, express all the things that 
are available to us, it just, to me, it's just like, wow, we have so many tools. I know. In, in, you know, in our world that it's not, it doesn't have to be such a lonely place. <laughs> oh so my gosh. I know. I know. So things that are available to us. Yeah. And you are definitely in your projector element of like seeing things and being able to like guide people along and lead people. I'm so excited for you and all the possibilities that yeah. you have. So tell everybody how they can find you and how they can work with you. Well, I'm at Urban Lark. So the Urban underscore Lark on Instagram. And I am urbanlark.co on my website. Thank you so much for being here. It has been amazing. And I will link to all your things. And I am so excited to, to share this with everybody. Thank you, Lauren. It was awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And thank you for getting into like some deep reflective conversation. Yeah, well. it's been so it, fun. It helps me as well as I'm <laughs> articulating all this. It, it brings awareness you know, having these conversations always like, I feel like adds on to our own lives as well. So thank you. Definitely. Oh, I, it is such a joy for me to do this. Cause it's like, I always hear exactly what I need. It's the perfect medicine always. <laughs> I love it. Thank you all so much for listening to the open to alchemy podcast. You can find more about me on all the social places, Instagram, Facebook, clubhouse, at open.to.alchemy that's open the word t-o alchemy or at my website opentoalchemy.com see you next time